Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. To Projectile Lunchcast episode 18. My name is Marcel and I'm delighted today to be here with Matthew. Hello. With Richard. What up? And special first time ever guest on the show, Kevin. Hello. So uh, Kevin is here because he has left a lot of, you know, very nice, lovely, constructive comments on our Podbean page. And now that there was a geographic option, we said, hey, you know, why not have him on the show? Uh, it's got to be better than anything Basti would have to say anyways. Absolutely. <laughs> also, he's uh, wildly more successful than we are, so we're just going to leech off of him. For a I mean, we once tried to replace Basti with a trash can because we thought, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. So. <laughs> Fun fact, guess no, the no episode. Pressure. I bet you can't. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. So before we dive into today's topic, as, as is usual and by usual, I mean, we've done this two times so far, <laughs> we want to look at, you know, famous games that came out on this day in history. So this episode comes out on October 31st, Halloween. And um, there's two things I found out that I both find surprising. And one is that there's not that many horror games coming out on Halloween, because I thought going through the list, yeah, that these are all going to be horror games. It's not. Also, it turns out that uh, October 31st is probably one of the best release days release dates in, in video game history because these are all games that came out through over the over the years on October 31st I'm just gonna throw out all the names and you guys can pick one that you want to say something that, that you have fond memories of we are looking at Tomb Raider mm. Command and Conquer Red Alert Heretic 2 Sin The Wheel of Time Ultima 9 Ascension Age of Mythology Final Fantasy 12 Neverwinter Nights 2 Hellgate London Pharaoh Settlers 2 Myth and that's just a small selection. These are like all games that like meant something to me. That, that you know, like I, I know there's been a lot of games coming out. They made time. a Wheel of Time game. It was fantastic. Yes. It when? Was done, uh, it was done by Legend Entertainment. Uh, I think they were called the same guys who did single player of Unreal Two. It was on the Unreal Two engine. It was it was probably one of the prettiest games at the time. Seriously. So yes, you can like play as Rand and channel. No, no, no. And, and, you, and you, rude. you played a what, what do you call a Sedai or something? A Sedai. Yeah, you play as an A Sedai. Um, essentially, it was a shooter, but like you know, you would you find all these like what is it called a Terangreal or something? Mm-hmm. Like these spells, and you were like, hey, I find ten new fire spells so I can throw. You're like, it's not a rocket launcher. Yeah, it's essentially, where you're at. Did you have a dedicated button to tug on your braid? <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember. It's four out of ten. <laughs> but it was a really, really good looking game. You should have seen, like, like you had like all these these temples and like cathedrals or something like with the frescoes on the, on the ceiling. Oh wow! For the time, it looked incredible. Were, the, awesome. were there any romance options? A, there was not. Were there any romance options? It was not. It was a shooter in nineteen ninety nine. Okay. I think they're like Jedi. I don't think I don't think Ace and I are allowed. Are you to, joking? Yeah. Just re- go back to those books. It's... Also, this was this was back. This was <laughs> back. They're not in allowed 19- to though, technically, right? <laughs> This was back in 1999, so you know, 
back then the female protagonist was only there for for the male gamer to enjoy so shake it she baby she didn't romance <laughs> right Duke so Nikon. okay so richard picked wheel of time no and i didn't i picked final fantasy 12 final fantasy 12 okay anything you want to say final fantasy 12 so quick? good hey that's that's it okay Final Fantasy XII was great. It was great. I liked it. I liked it better when I got when when Zodiac kind of forces you to to specify your character selection, like like to to specialize your characters. That that helped a lot, and I liked the Zodiac it. Killer. The Zodiac Killer uh, sits over your shoulder. He's like, maybe make this guy a ninja. Um, that's not what happens. Uh, so so it, it does that, and uh, also it it was my second playthrough where I finally figure out how to use gambits and essentially program my party to be useful. Okay. So yeah, Final Fantasy XII is great. I'm looking forward to replaying it on the Switch as soon as I'm done with all 400 hours of Dragon Quest Builders too. Excellent. Yeah, that's what Kevin, I picked. Any of these games from the list that you played, love, yeah. have fun? Which one? Um, if you had to pick one that you would say, I, I really like. I think, without a doubt, uh, Red Alert. I really liked it. Very, uh, very good choice. Yeah, it was one of my uh, my first real-time strategy game, and uh, I've done it uh, quite a few times, and uh, it's amazing. And, um, what was it called? What was the names? The game's name in France. Same. Just yeah. yeah. In Germany, for whatever reason, they called it Command and Conquer Two. Okay. Red Alert, and then when Command and Conquer Two, like the, the was it Tiberian Sun, came out, and everywhere in the world it was called Command and Conquer Two. In Germany, it was Command and Conquer Three, and then five years later, when they went when Command and Conquer Three, that came out like for real, and they were like, ah, oh, fuck it, we're just, we're just gonna have two three Command again, and Conquer yeah. in Germany. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, it's like uh, it's like uh, cook serve delicious. Like it's three with the the intero bang, like command and conquer three. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. just they just did it. They just did it with that one game. So like in Germany, there's two command and conquer twos, and one of them is red alert. All right. I liked it when the dog the dogs savaged people in that game. Yeah. That was the dogs were some, oh, yeah, something about the dogs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like the snipe, what's it, Tanya? The 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 commander. Uh, yeah, units? Tanya. Yeah. 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 And I, I really love the there. There's that one cutscene on, on the Soviet side where they're all drunk and they sign like all these death death sentences, <laughs> yeah. like super shit faced vodka bottles on the table. Like, oh, yeah, let's kill some guys. They're like, wow, this is. Have you watched recently the, the first footage of the remake that they're yes. making? Yes, it yes. looks uh, really, really cool. Really Which cool. one are they remaking? Uh, the first one. Oh wow! Oh yeah, first yeah. and Red Alert yeah. both. Oh, that could but be like good. they've just shown from the oh, first one. Okay, so far. Cool. is the Messiah in it? Yes, you can't kill the Messiah. You can't kill him. Did you um, say Pharaoh in that list? Pharaoh was in there as well. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I think that's I think that's my game. pick of that list. I, I really like that game. You like Egyptian stuff? I do. I, yeah, it's it's the history stuff. Yeah. It's like the history buff in me. Like wants wants to play that game. Um, the interface now, if you play it now, it's like oh my god, it's like the most <laughs> unfriendly thing. But um, yeah, if you had to pick one, what kind? What what, what Egyptian god would you be, man? Uh, I would what be animal Osiris, would the the god of the uh, the god of the of death. Actually, um, is that how you pronounce yeah. it? I would have said it's Osiris. Os- Osiris, how it is? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Osiris, how it is. Okay. So, are, yeah. are you Osiris with this? <laughs> yeah. It's Osiris, we'll, 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 yeah. but it's a, it's a nice story. Osiris, um, you know? Osiris and Isis. Uh, that, that that story is a, is a nice story. Um, or Isis, if you prefer. You 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 heard it you heard it on the podcast first. Matt says ISIS is a nice thing. <laughs> okay, that's that's controversial, and also fortunately, you know this this thing with October thirty first segues naturally into actual today's topic because that was a lot of games, and um, the topic that Kevin suggested we talk about is you know, lots of games. There's a lot of games coming out these days. Obviously, just numerically, 
there's also a lot of games coming out, be they open world stuff, be they mm. multiplayer games or service, whatever, that essentially that game wants you to only play that game, like it's going to take all of your time. So how, 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 do, how do gamers deal with all these games all taking up all the time? It's something I'm very familiar with, unfortunately. And also, you know, uh, how, how is that going to work for the industry? If you just put out game after game that you want people to play exclusively, you know, how is that going to shake out? Yeah, you summoned it, you summoned it really perfectly. And uh, I would like to, to begin the conversation with a few numbers that I found on um, the website, uh, How Long To Beat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I use that website a lot. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Sometimes. And uh, I searched for, for example, uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, which takes uh, 60 hours to, mm -hmm. to complete. Assassin's Creed DC, 60 hours, Red Dead Redemption, uh, 70 hours, The Witcher, 100 hours, and Breath of the Wild, 90 hours. And wow. this is just to complete the game, and you have to multiply by two if you want yeah. to yeah, have a, be a completionist. Yeah, be yeah. a completionist. So, what do you think about this? And today, if someone has never played The Witcher, I, find, I think this is really hard for him to say, okay, I will put 100 hours in this game, even if Recently, in only this week, uh, three or four games demonstrated me. So, I think it's a really hard question. Yeah, it's definitely it's more more games like we haven't gotten back down right. Like there was there was a point where somebody was saying what like after Steam kind of came out and started just blowing stuff out of its library, like like the number of games released has only been going up with time, right? Like there there's not been any slump years or, or anything like that. I need uh, my my fact so. checker no, to check on no, that, no, but no like yeah, it's like, it's a ton of games coming out all the time. Yeah. And yeah, yeah maybe it feels like so there, there's less I feel like there's less triple A games coming out. Mm. But the ones that come out it feel I would probably think like if you add up the the play time or the finish time in in the triple A games of this year or something mm -hmm. It would be higher than like five years ago. Like even though there were more games, but it was more, more shorter game. But then, as you said, yeah. and honestly, I think some of these numbers are very conservative. Like like Odyssey, only sixty hours. I think I, I would guess it's more than that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Red, Red Dead definitely took me longer. Over a hundred, over a hundred. But I mean, that was again like 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 Kevin mentioned. That was um, I was a little bit more of a completionist there. I didn't do every single thing in that game, but I'd, I'd say at least 90 percent. I mean, I always find it like for me, it's like three times uh, <laughs> yeah. for, for that because yeah. I spend a lot of my time trying to go over a hill that you can't go over, you know, like just like bumping into it yeah. and not actually climbing it. Um, <laughs> stuff like that because I'm total how, how noob. Did, how did you spend your weekend while I tried to bump into that hill in the video game? Oh, you um, played Skyrim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I just checked it out. I played The Witcher 2, uh, sorry, The Witcher 3 with DLCs, took me 209 hours. Yeah, see, I haven't done that. I didn't finish everything. I, I was not a completionist. I, I did a lot, did but you, not everything. Were you like me? Did you get to the second map and then you saw those question marks and you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, well, I, I did a lot of stuff, but like some, like, you know, just like the cash, like the chests mm -hmm. right around. Yeah. So I was more focused on on meeting the ladies of the game and then like being, <laughs> being cursed. I, I managed to get like, I, I talked to someone from CD Projekt and told me that I managed to get the worst possible ending. Like everything <laughs> I, I could do wrong in that game, I somehow managed to do. Why does that not surprise me, Marcel? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I've seen how you play The Witcher. It's, uh, it, it all makes sense. But, um, but no, like, cause I, I haven't done the DLCs and that took me 120, like to do, to do everything I could where I got the good ending cause I'm good at The Witcher. But like, I can imagine that if you were stumbling through and trying to get the bad ending, it would take you over two hundred hours. But yeah, that's that's a huge <laughs> that's a huge time investment for stuff like that. But I was actually more surprised because when you talk to somebody from CD Projekt that they kept talking after your normal initial opening, which is, "What'd you do with the trading cards?" 
bring back the trading cards. And I'm like, sir, this is this is a subway. Kevin will know about this because I mentioned it the other day. But the, um, uh, there's a there's a quote um, from an author from a, a long time ago mm-hmm. who says, I, "I'm sorry, this letter is too long. I didn't have time to shorten it." So I mean, that kind of tells you all you need to know about these games, if yeah. you ask me. Was that it's, the whole letter? That well, yeah, maybe. Uh, um, yeah, um, but yeah, no, it is like, for, in my view, it is like that. It takes a lot of time to work out what the memorable things are in your game. Once you've created it, it's just conflict with the process of creating a game, yeah. doesn't it? If you you have to generate it first, and you're like, actually, this is too much. Let's cut some stuff. Yeah, that's an extra step that has to be put. And, on and a heartbreaking step as well. Mm-hmm. That, that's really difficult for game teams. Because, yeah. um, I mean, for, for as much time as players are putting into their features, these teams have been putting, you know, years into this into this side thing. And I think, uh, I think sometimes they make it work. Like, uh, I always go back to, to Red Dead because it does have very mild spoilers for Red Dead, but, like, in a lot of old westerns that are, that are very long, and especially the spaghetti westerns that uh, they draw a lot of inspiration from, there's usually a middle chapter where the characters are doing something that is not tangentially related to the main story for like a, a considerable amount of time like like a half an hour of the movie they're just off solving some other problem and that that happens exactly in red dead 2 like you're spending hours doing this thing that is just like oh what what is this is not tied so into it's the two towers of red dead it could be the two towers of red dead. Yeah, exactly <laughs> but um but like the question that i would ask you guys is because I, I usually tend to prefer a long game like uh i they they, they the cycle works for, I'm sure, a lot of game devs because my backlog is ridiculous, so they got my money anyway. But um, I like a longer game, but how often do you guys feel like when you're playing a longer game, do you feel like they could have edited something or like they how needed to edit something? a long game when you say that? When you say you prefer a long game, what's, what would be your... If you could pick any game, now let's say like a, a, a RPG, like Witcher, what would you say, hey, this would be the absolute sweet spot for you personally? Uh, 70 to 80 Three or more. What would you prefer? Yeah, I think for me, maybe, yeah, maybe the same here. Yeah, yeah I think. I mean, especially for an RPG, it's a little yeah. unfair because like that—that's those are games you expect to be kind of epic in scope, right? Yeah, it, it depends on the on the settings too, if you're interested or not. Like, I would find a shooter wears out its welcome. For me, it's just three discs. Three discs. <laughs> <laughs> so he got Final Fantasy IX. He was like, "No, I'm sending it back." But that's like nine discs for you. Right by your playtime, so that's I think I, I, I personally I think a lot of it is down to elements of surprise, like the word surprise, and associating with with games is is really um, like if you lose that power to surprise in a game, then you it's going to feel drawn out, yeah. like whatever whatever happens, whatever that however that surprise forms itself in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be new mechanics or it might be new, some fundamental change in the world, those kind of things. If they're not present or then the game is going to feel drawn out. It's like treading water. Um, mm. And I have had that feeling a lot with a lot of games mm. recently. And yeah. But I, think, I think this is a problem that uh, we have more and more recently because the fact that the game are uh, longer and there is more games, people are, tr- uh, um, uh, are picking the fact that a lot of games have fillers in them, like uh, the same quest but in different locations, yeah. that you have to walk from point A to point B, and there is no fast travel, or the environment is it's not padded a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is a lot of filler in games, and I think now that I am conscious of this, I'm, 
I see them a lot more than before. And I think this is a problem of the industry because if you made an ERPG uh, that have, uh, for example, 30 or 50 hours of playtime, it's okay if you don't have fillers, but if you have fillers, like always walking, um, I've, I'm thinking about uh, recently, for example, uh, like as a, for the division, the division, you can um, fast travel, mm -hmm. but you have to walk a lot and there is no vehicle. This is, yeah. if you think about it, you yeah. say, yeah, the, the, for the division, it's worked because uh, the environment is amazing, the world design is amazing, but sometimes on submission, you, you, you see where you have to go, you say, Oh, come on, it's a 10 minute walk. <laughs> but I, I take this example because this is recent, but you can find this in a lot of games, like mm -hmm. the fact that you have to unlock fast travel on some mm -hmm. games. I find this really annoying, and I think with time, players will uh, forgive less this kind of fillers. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, especially as, as the people gaming get older. You know, I, I think when you're a kid, and maybe that's where some of this stuff stems from. Because, I mean, I always boil it down to, to you know, they're trying to sell something. And being able to say this is a massive you're thing right. on the back of your box you're looks good. Right. Yeah. But, you know, when you're a kid, you also, like, I remember doing that exactly to my mother. It's like, oh, you want another video game? It's like, no, no, this one's going to last me 40, 50 hours. <laughs> like, just straight, I'll be able to play this forever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I think, but, you know, like, as we've all talked about when we were talking about, like, the open world games and that kind of fatigue is like, mm. like, man, 40, 50 hours, like, I'm going to, I'm going to drop this for a month and then I'm not going to remember what's going on. And like, mm. I, I think a lot of people crave a tighter experience in that. You, you need that sweet spot, you know, like, like as a kid, uh, you, you have, you have the time, you don't have the money for all the games. Yeah. And when you earn money, like, you know, you have the money, but you don't have the time to play all these games. <laughs> yeah, like, there yeah. needs to be a sweet spot of like, yep, this is perfect. This is like... Well, what's your like, what's your ideal number? Uh, it, it depends. Really. For example, I think some of the best RPGs ever made were like 40, 50 hours, like uh, yeah. uh, Old Republic. Mm -hmm. Both, yeah. I think, are around, around that. Two is probably a little shorter. <laughs> uh, Jade Empire was around that. Because I remember like when when um, they announced the playtime for the Old Republic, it was would be around 40 hours. You're like, this is an outrage. I could play this is not an RPG. for 120 yeah. hours. <laughs> this is not yeah. epic. And they See, played and it like, like, well, I guess it was epic enough. But that that's the reaction, right? And you, I think they get worried about stuff like that when it's so I, easy. I it's, it's, it's on both sides. Really. Like, there is like, you know, it's it's on the industry side. Obviously, the longer people play a game, the more chances you have, the, the more engaged they are to use our yeah. favorite term. Yeah engagement the, the more you can sell them stuff mm -hmm. um, DLC time savers whatever you want to but it's also on the, on, the, on the player side because you know when we see these things where people are like what this game is only 20 hours and there's an hour's outrage I mean my favorite aspect of this was I think it's gotten better now but earlier this console generation remember when people would be outraged if the install size of a game was too small <laughs> they were like oh this game is only 12 gigabytes like, I want to know what's wrong with it like is there not enough content like what the fuck I, I, think, I think you <laughs> just that said was, that something was perfect. that was perfect I think you just said something that ties into Kevin's point really well uh, and that was with the the time saver sales. Mm -hmm. So I mean that that's probably what I can think of top of my head one of the most insidious kind of ways. You know, it's like oh, yeah, we have a lot of yeah. padding in our game, but here's a convenient one price to get out of that padding. <laughs> it, it can definitely be received like that. I think when the, you know if you wanted to be you know um, a little more positive about it, it could be like we want to have a hardcore experience for people with yeah. the time to do that. And if they can't, then you know here's here's at least another way to get around it. But mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think those those are the cruxes of the point. Like what you're saying is like, um, how much of this is feeding into or being taken advantage of by monetization models? Yeah, right. Because I mean, none of it. 
obviously. I mean, because like, what? It, what? It, none of it, right? Yeah, none of it. Everything. <laughs> everything's fine with uh, with modernization. Right. I, I mean, because one of the things that this really gets into is well, becoming. If, if you don't like walking around a map, yeah. you can, for example, you pay one easy, convenient monthly fee. Yeah. Or like, yeah, a one-year subscription for mm-hmm. for a hundred bucks. Yeah. You get a quick travel advance camp or something. That's yeah. I was <laughs> thinking like that. Favorite post-apocalyptic survival game. <laughs> that, that's that's perfect because it, it ties in it, it ties into to retention. And if you if you'd let me. Uh, if you let me do an impression, I'll see if you guys get it, okay? Here's my price. Did you get it? I'm, I'm obsidian. And I'm eating Todd Howard's fucking lunch. Holy shit. hundred bucks. Here. Honestly? Honestly? Yeah. I don't even have a problem with that. <laughs> No, if you look like Overlord if, Todd, if, if, it's I, okay. I don't, I don't think the money is a problem. I don't think the money is a problem. The problem is like that they're skipping out on the service. If this was like you know for in Battlefield, for people could have forever rented like their own dedicated service, you know that you can like set up the routes and everything, and people pay for that. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Because games do that. It's yeah, just a special thing that you do. The yeah. fact is just like that. It seems they're not dedicated service or anything, and like yeah. the, 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 what you can do is super limited. So if they had done this properly, I wouldn't see a problem at all with the pricing. Yeah. The problem is just like that in in, and obviously you know this must be the fault of Todd's lieutenants because Todd himself is perfect and never yeah. makes a mistake. <laughs> Todd was out but putting like, Skyrim on something. But yeah, Todd was was betrayed by those around him, and they implemented a a, a pricing system that unfortunately is you know they're, they're asking money for something that is not ideal. I feel sick. So was it was so, when he found out about hold it. on a second sure. just just while we're while we're quickly on the topic Todd was like how did you why, why what the fuck have you done this and then he went back to playing that of fallout 76 because <laughs> this 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 also ties in right like like i think people are still selling that long game experience uh even if the game's not done and uh what 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 uh marcel's holy saint bethesda definitely risks because god knows they've fallen down every one of these stairs is that when you promise that roadmap you know um, and it's the same thing for another game he recommended to me. Marcel recommended to me the one he recommended to me, Anthem. Um, <laughs> like uh, this was a de- mutual decision. <laughs> developers, a mutual decision. Check it out. Developers will promise a roadmap. They're it's promising a husk of a game. They're <laughs> promising that 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 content will come. That time will come. You know. And I think people are still trying to buy that. Um, but also, just while we're quickly on on Fallout and uh, and Obsidian eating their lunch. Um, I think also the problem was with their roadmap because because initially the promise was only cosmetic items. Then they sold the refrigerator, then they mm-hmm. sold the robot. Now they're doing the the paid pay uh, paid servers plus benefits, mm-hmm. which has incited a class war in their game. <laughs> Did you hear about this? No. So p- <laughs> you buy you buy this uh, you buy this hundred dollar uh, server. You get a you get an icon and and I believe an outfit. But there are ways to designate to other players that you've purchased this content. And in any server, they're just getting ganged up on and shot. For <laughs> so, there is, there is, so, you know, there you go. There's your positive uh, outreach for, for Todd. He's done a poignant statement on classism. <laughs> you got this is genius. Bless. Few, few other people could have come up with this by themselves so i mean uh, what i'm wondering here is like we we are all people that game a lot and we're all a little bit older you know so we do feel this time crunch but i, I don't I'm, actually know how old kevin is are you a little bit old you're not as old as matt obviously <laughs> yeah anyone is not one of the ancients i'm 27 all right yeah okay yeah, he's not older. But still you know <laughs> we're, 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 we're older than, than than we were when we had a lot of time to play games 
you know, we've got we got different obligations and and all that. Um, yeah. But it does still seem like people when they're when they're putting down, you know, sixty bucks at least, mm-hmm. like they want to know that they're getting a lot of content. And I think that that you guys are right in what you're saying. Like, yeah, the, the content needs to be you know there and not padding and not filler. But on the other hand, you know, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not getting that message exactly. Like it's mm. like we need to have this many bullet points. Or I look, I know it's not an RPG. Yeah. Um. So we are talking mostly. Are you about talking about Fallout seventy six? No, I'm oh. talking about Edith Finch. Yeah. yeah. It's a two hour game. Yeah. I was. It was a two hour game for me, and maybe it takes longer than that for some people if they're exploring a bit more or something. But it, you know, it is pretty much on rails as a game. So you just go through it. You don't have that many choices. Hmm. Uh, it's a very memorable experience, full of surprises. It's one of the most surprising games I've played in, in the sense that its ability to um, to throw things at you, you think, oh, God, we're we going here now. Um, and it's very moving. There's a lot of stuff going on. I think it could be better. I think it's a celebrated game. Um, but it's, you know, in the end, it's been very well reviewed, very well received. People enjoy it. It takes two hours. And if you can create a game that lasts for 15 hours, that has elements of that, but is somehow also an RPG, then yeah. I think that's a, I think that's going to do really well. So it's like financially, um, you know, you, you accept that, that it's not going to be like the longest thing in the world, but there's nothing worse in, in my mind than padding. The idea of padding yeah. is just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, um, like, I can see what you're saying from a commercial point of view, but from like a, creative point of view it's it, it just like so i would get rid of it all two two things on that one please remember edith finch for later uh you'll 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 know when um and the other is is is, is, is yeah because i'm just kind of observing what you guys are saying but like don't don't you think that there is a contingent of people that are looking at a game like Edith finch and then they go to time to beat yeah you know and they're like oh man Sure. Four yeah. hours. Yeah, I, I think um, this, um, this is beginning to change because uh, a lot of community, like the community of patient gaming, I don't know if you heard uh, about it, but there is a lot. This, this community is really growing because there, this is um, a community of gamers who said, "Okay, um, we are sick to buy games from day one, from day one, which are." Not patched, um, they, they are not cheap, so they wait, like, they wait like for six or one, uh, six months or one year, and they wait for reviews, they wait for patch, they wait for sales, and this kind of gamers wants to do a lot of games, a lot of good games, and actually they go to how long to beat to search for short games, shorter games. And because this is cheaper, they, are, they agree to play a, a games like two hours or four hours because they say to themselves, okay, I will have a more condensed experience, something different from, my, from what I'm used to. And I think um, there is a sweet spot, like said Matt, because, for example, um, I played a lot of uh, roguelike games and I really like, for example, uh, Faster Than Light, which for me is really on the sweet spots. But another roguelike games like Dead Cells for me is not on the sweet spot because this is a cool game, but the progression is really, really too slow. And for me, I hit really fast uh, the fatigue of this game because I was like, okay, this is my 10 runs. I almost beat the game, but because the progression is so slow, I can have help from the game to beat the game easier. So the game tried to stick me in it, even if I have uh, something like 20 or 30 hours on this game. And I'm really already done with it, so I think yeah, you have to start from the sweet spot to have a game which is um, really dense and uh, which is really interesting, 
and not uh, fall in this kind of fillers or, or this kind of thing because I think this will hit the industry really hard even in the future because we will I think we will switch from a different kind of consumption of game with Game Pass, you play mm. Origin Access and I think when you have all of games for 10 euro per month uh, you will search for this dense game and you will pass uh, on all the games I think. I think what you're saying is that games should be the length they should be. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and people who are making them should have an awareness of what the length of that game is and be able to step out of their the shoes uh, in whatever way and take a step back and look mm. at it and say, is this the right length for our game? Can mm. we make it shorter? In yeah. fact, that, I mean, as a writer, that's like what I always think of is like, can I make this shorter? Um, so yeah, and maybe this applies also to development generally. Yeah, but, but I think Richard was right uh, yeah. about, about the fact that gamers for a long time search for the biggest map, the longest game, mm -hmm. but I think gamers are taking a bit like a, um, a, a backfire of this yeah. because uh, now they don't want to because now there is too much game and they are too long and I think a lot of gamers like me regret the fact that we hunt those long games today because today we don't want those long games. We we want long games but dense games. This could be this can be long, but for example, on some RPG uh, like double A RPG, I don't want to pass maybe uh, forty hours uh, if there is not forty hours of content. So yeah, some some games are designed to be long, aren't they? Yeah. Like yeah. If Diablo, like. <laughs> You know, the basic premise is quite straightforward and you can complete it in not that long a period of time. Mm. But you just know that the people that play that game want it to be really, really long. But not every game has to be like that. And yeah. Yeah. What's interesting that I didn't think of uh, while I was doing that whole spiel about, you know, I'm going to pay 60 bucks for a game. I, I've I've not yet um, got on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. But I think I think you're right. Like, like maybe with these these multi-game subscription models or anything that's coming out on that, like people are going to be looking for something like I'm paying for this by the month. You know, yeah. it's no longer I'm paying for this entire experience up front so I can enjoy it or whatever. It's like I want a nice, cool uh, experience to just go through a weekend. Mm. You know, or or I have a, a four-day weekend or you know, like I, I you know tonight's. I'm just going to play this this short thing. Yeah, and and I think this already begins with the Steam sales because the Steam yeah. sales uh, really uh, gave a lot of game for a few um, from a few bucks, and I think uh, this started from this because when you were buying from uh, full price, you don't think like this. But when Steam made these sales and other company made sales, we start to think differently. You're you're reading my mind. I just bought a game on the Steam sale this morning. <laughs> what did you get? I got a uh, Hypnospace Outlaw. Sure, you did. I did. Sure. Hit. I mean, the, ah! the, the, the problem is also like, <laughs> but what we just mentioned, I think it depends on on how this will be handled on the monetization side. Like, if like some some subscriptions already do it in a way that, uh, you know, the developer of the game gets paid by playtime, which obviously at that point, you know, there's a strong financial incentive. To again pet games and make longer games, you know, because you get more money from that subscription, mm -hmm. like more of a share. So I think that is also a real danger there. Um, uh, e that, either way, right? Because obviously, when people talk about you know like Game Pass or like all these subscription models, which I think to a certain degree they're going to be the future, not mm -hmm. maybe not in the sense that everybody's going to use them and everything is going to be on them, but they're going to be a important part, I think, yeah. of, of video gaming. And um, there, there's a lot of, and honestly, I have some concern as well that like if. If the you know the industry standard model becomes people get paid by playtime, 
then that's probably you know gonna gonna lead to a lot more of a lot less games to certain yeah. you know in certain genres or so and more like you know more multiplayer more co-op yeah. more games and service stuff that gives people incentive to keep playing and also what you mentioned before kevin of course with um when you talked about that cells i mean the whole idea of progression of course right you know like mm. these days if you remember back uh, back when i started gaming in the late 90s there was zero progression like if you if you played counter-strike or quake or something maybe if it was like a, a dedicated server you could go back there like with a command it would show you your, your stats on that server but there was nothing there was nothing to unlock there were no yeah. leaderboards there was nothing you know you just played for the fun really and obviously these days uh, as we see everything tries to have rpg elements everything tries to have progression unlocks etc to you know make you keep playing that game unlock that stuff so do you think there would be lessons to be learned from that, though? Because because they there's lessons to be learned from everything I say. <laughs> basically, because they were developing for just playing the game itself, mm-hmm. that the game itself has to really come through, and and you're designing everything so that that experience, that core experience, is mm-hmm. really strong, and maybe that that some of that has gone because there's this kind of flab of uh, all these things you have to have in the game yeah. now. But I, th- I think this is this is not not really gone because. When uh, I start a first-person shooter like you on Quake and the first control strike, and I think there is a progression, but which uh, which you can see because you progress because you learn more about the game, yeah, about yeah. all the yeah. rules of the game, and I think there is um, this today. For example, like on Anno, you play one game on sandbox. If you start another game, you lost everything. You have no progression. You have yeah. earned nothing. You start from scratch. But it is interesting because. You are better at the game, so when you will uh, construct a new city, your city will be better, and the progression can be like this. So I think there is, is there will be always some kind of game like this, and some kind of game with progression. Sure, it's but, like yeah. it's a progression of knowledge. I mean, that's like what like mm-hmm. a whole of whole lot of like roguelikes, rogue. Yeah, etc. Yeah, right. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of them you don't even unlock stuff; you just learn yeah. more about the game, how to tackle these enemies. And I also th- I think going back to the roguelike thing as well, like w- in terms of like the, the, the amount of time it takes to play the games, they're usually quite short from f- start to finish. And and yet, those are some of the mo- longest played games on Steam for people because uh, you can just keep doing it over and over again. It's different every time. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that games, other games, other genres of games or other types of game can experiment with this, this kind of... Um, uh, short time frame, but quite quite kind of broad tree, if you like, mm-hmm. of experiences, um, because you can get to the end quickly, and then you may never touch it again. But if you really like it, yeah. you can just start a new game yeah. and experience something completely different. I think that's a really good structure for. A yeah, game. you're right. You're right. And for example, uh, this works um, also on um, on um, solo games because, for example, like you take Undertale. If you want to do Undertale, you have maybe six hours to play the game, and after it's finished. But if you really like the game and you want to see all the ending and you want to explore everything, you can do it twice or a third times. And there is no especially fillers. This is not especially repetitive because all the uh, the dialogue changes, people changes, your action have a consequence. So I think yeah, you and I'm searching more for this kind of games. Like uh, if I want to watch this game, I can. And if I want to complete or to explore this game, I can. And I think it's better. Um, if the industry will produce more things like this, that to, for example, the uh, open world where, uh, um, like in the old days, you remember, uh, I, I don't know, the first GTA games, you can explore uh, some part of the maps if you don't advance in um, in the campaign. And this is really stupid because, like, when you saw, like, uh, when you see like, some games like uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, 
everything is open, everything is possible from the start. And when you think about all GTAs, we're like, yeah, why, why they do this? Why I can I? that actually. Yeah, that was like GTA 3, like there was this yeah. bridge construction. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You yeah. couldn't go to the yeah. second island. Oh, you could go time. there. Oh, you had to jump over something? It's like the minute you uh, the minute you get out of where you're supposed to be, they just give you a five star. Yeah, yeah. Because like, it was boats. Oh, mm. not fair enough. Like, like, you, you, could, you, you get over there and just be like, nope, you, you got the army after you couldn't do yeah. anything. And I, I like think it, it was the same yeah. thing on this city. On well, my city, uh, all the yeah. all the islands were split and there is a construction on bridge and you can go there. So mm-hmm. yeah. If I can reiterate the point I said about surprise earlier, mm-hmm. it's that. So yeah. that's the reason they wanted to do it. They want to keep something back mm. for the player. Like, well, yeah, I mean, you're not, this is something you don't know about yet. You're not mm-hmm. unlocking a lot in those early games. I, I think it was it was also kind of smart in the way where it's like, it's like getting to that second island just unlocks more story missions, but it's also a new playground. So it's the only way I think they had at the time to keep that game some sort of fresh. Yeah. Was to offer a new You're location. Right. I mean, I'm still like, I get it. Like, cause I, you know, it, my, my first times with, with GTA was like, I just want to play around in this sandbox because there was nothing <laughs> like it before. Yeah. And then seeing that it was like arbitrarily cut off, you're like, come on, man, I, I want to shoot people with a rocket launcher over there. <laughs> so I, I definitely get that. I can't, I quite like it. I'd still find that okay. What's now, that? that kind of hard block because I don't think you can get away with it now. Mm. No, I don't think you would. But what I'm saying is, I don't. Might, I actually don't think it's a bad thing. Like, yeah, you're keeping something back. You're yeah. keeping a surprise back. You're not giving everything at once because if you give everything at once, then people are like, okay, I've seen this now. Yeah, you're right. And then you yeah. have to do it for sixty hours. I've seen this now for sixty hours. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe this is this is not a bad. This is not a good example. But what I was trying to say is like. I don't like when games force you. Maybe another example is uh, open worlds who block the main story because you have not enough experience yeah. or you have to complete this kind of side mission a few times before you can continue. Yeah. This, maybe this is this uh, a better better. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. Like there, you you feel like you're really trucking through the experience that you yeah. want to have, and then all of a sudden yeah. it's like make sure three of the four faction guys are on your side. And you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah, ah. Uh. But I mean, I think <laughs> things rage too. Like, is that what happens in Rage 2? There's a thing where I, you I, have I, to get like certain level with the factions before you get more story quests. I mean, I, uh, the only other thing I could think of that caught a lot of flack for that was unfortunately Anthem, where like you have to do um, like the the main story stops while you're trying to opening these vaults. But I do try to shit on Anthem only once a week. So <laughs> that was the second time. That was the second time. So I can't I, next week. I didn't find that not too bad. Ne- yeah, but I, was it patched by the time? Because they did patch it. Was it patched by the time you no, got I to it? Before it was patched. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's not that bad. I mean, like people do get volatile about these things on the internet and on their podcasts. So oh, like, maybe people you refer to yourself. By me, <laughs> I get volatile about these things. But uh, no, ne- next week will be Anthem Positivity Week to make up for it. Is, is there something about like the desire from a developer point of view to make a smooth experience, a kind of seamless? transitional yeah. no, experience you know what i think a lot of times happens is that when you when you want to make a game that appeals to a wide audience you, you one of the ways to tackle that is by offering a lot of different experiences yeah and then and then yeah you get to the point where it's like in order to make the main experience the one that the tent pole any sort of meaningful we want to we want you to go out and at least try this other stuff and, and do a lot of it so it's it's difficult to deliver all of that at once while appealing to such a wide audience. Anytime you deal with that sort of thing, anytime you're making one of these AAA things that has to go out to a lot of people, hmm. you're always going to be doing something that somebody's not going to like. You yeah, know? and it makes a lot of sense. For example, you know, um, if you look at Destiny, yeah, like it offers a lot of different experiences. Like you want to be a cool person, you can pick a warlock. 
Right. If you want to be a boring person, you play a titan. If mm-hmm. you want to be scum on the earth, hunter. Mm-hmm. Easy, natural. <laughs> That's different. Normally, I think my, my, my destiny thing is, is if you want to look cool, you have to buy it from Claudia Black. Uh, if you want to have any of the cool ornaments on stuff, you have to buy that. Uh, the Halloween event is starting, or has started by the time this has come out. Make sure you buy that. And don't forget to buy the Battle Pass. <laughs> they are bringing a Battle Pass on Destiny 2? They are, but they went free to play. So, okay, I mean, like, that was, that was the thing. Okay. Um, they're, they're doing the, the se- their Season Pass mm-hmm. uh, gets you the content and the, the second tier of the Battle Pass. Okay. Um, which, which I haven't, I haven't, I don't play a lot of games with Battle Passes, so uh, I, I haven't had a lot of complaints with this one. It seems okay. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm not even there. I think I'm like level 20 or something. I gotta step it up because that is the only cloak without a hood. And as a hunter main, and I, you know, I know you're not used to this as a warlock with crappy looking class items, but like we try to, you know, look halfway decent instead of like some shabby robe wearing homeless space warrior ninja. Um, we we try to we try to bring the style. So that's really that's really helping me do that. There's a lot of replayability stuff going on there, though. That's in Destiny. That's, yeah. That's pretty much what that game is 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 built on nowadays. Like the campaigns are, are are a small kind of fraction of that, and it's it's a lot about have you done your your dailies, weeklies? Uh, are you working up your battle pass? There, there is a criticizable amount of FOMO going on with uh, some of their events and how they how they market their stuff. But um, they also they also are really good at putting together hard to get stuff that is very very cool to get if you if you have the patience and the and the pals to do it so again i i think that game is very um is very love it and hate it um and i also think that that as much as i criticize bungie uh they're they are some of the first people i will look to uh for dealing with this sort of thing because they're dealing with all of it you know they had a box product they had to figure out how to make that worth the purchase how to make that worth the time They've also dealt with people having exactly the same um, problem here where it's, it's I, I don't have 30 days to dive into this thing to get this hardcore mission. Like, what are we doing? And they've peeled that back. Now they're doing free-to-play and they're tackling that. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think they're really developing, a, a, hopefully, a nice little toolbox to deal with all of these things. And I think they're on the forefront and I think they're not, they're not afraid to try stuff, which, uh, which I will bitch about. <laughs> and um, they made Myth, which came out on this day in history. And they this, made Myth, this yeah. This day that you're hearing this on, hopefully. <laughs> if you're hearing this on the first day. Otherwise, you fucked up. Yeah, if you're not <laughs> listening to this podcast, the minute it comes out, fuck you. <laughs> but I also think, uh, like, like, I think what, what Destiny does a really good job, and like, it's something I've, I've referenced a couple of times like uh, in my professional like, day job as well. And the same is true with, with World of Warcraft. I think these are games that... Again, like they do a good job, like if you want to spend time in that world to give you options. Mm-hmm. Like for example, if you look at World of Warcraft, you say, hey, I know I just want to hang out with World of Warcraft because of course there's also like a social component. You know, I want to hang out with my, with my guildmates, whatever, talk to people. You know, you maybe you want to do something casual, you do a couple of quests. You know, you want to, you want to do crafting, you want something competitive, you know, you do, mm-hmm. you do PvP, you want like the hardcore experience, you go raiding. There's like different like skirmish, whatever, like you know, different PvE experiences of different difficulty or intensity. So I think that is maybe a trend you're going to see more of as well, uh, where people say, hey, no, it's it's a massive game, like like Destiny, that can be overwhelming. If mm. you say, I want to do everything, for example, there, there's some stuff in Destiny that I rarely dabble in, like like Gambit these days. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it much. It's hard because it's garbage. <laughs> but I think maybe that's also going to be something in the future, you know, where, where 
like developers need to do a better job communicating and you know training teaching mm -hmm. players that you know this is a massive thing there is no need for you to do everything and you know, maybe mm -hmm. then of course that's also something where you have to be careful like don't do achievements or so that say hey mm -hmm. do one everything's right. 100 completion right. or whatever right. like like give people more of this option you know this is a big world pick the parts that are relevant to you you know define your own game length how yeah. much time you want to spend how, how intense your experience with this game should be to whatever works for you how you know whatever cadence you how often you want to come back stuff like that i think because maybe that's also something of course in the past you know where a lot of games always have to like get everything to 100 mm -hmm. completion or something where a certain a certain kind of player will be susceptible yeah. to achievements yeah you're right These things have happened you're right, and I, I think um, we, we already have a lot of games uh, which, which, which can propose uh, a lot of activities if you want to pass a long time in the game, but I think we need more games that um, have more options if you want to pass less time in the game, because there are too much things who blocks you today, I think. But I think you're right, like, uh, for example, again, uh, on the division, if you want to pass more time in the game before uh, um, uh, get to uh, level 30, you can go to the dark zone, you can explore, you can loot. And for another example, uh, we are talking about Odyssey, this is the same thing. You can do campaign, you can do side mission, you can explore, you can enjoy uh, um, the environment. Uh, you can... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think we have a lot of options to pass more time in games, but... Yeah, I think we need more options to pass less time in game if you want to only... If, if you think it's only the story, I think it's not fair uh, for the players to to try to keep them if they want, they don't want to stay. But mm. it's interesting because this brings us back that, about what you said about Game Pass. I think this really worries me, the fact that they pay um, developers only on the time that people pass on the game. And I think really, this is really bad because the cool thing about Game Pass is that we have a lot of choice, and if indie games who are shorter don't like the fact that they are not ready, really getting, um, really getting paid well, I think they will um, um, go back to the old uh, model, and I think this is not good for Game Pass, not good for the industry because from, people. From what I've heard, just to just to throw this yeah. also out there, is that uh, that different subscription models, um, either either even if it's like the PS games or PS Plus. Yeah. Or the, uh, the this week on Xbox Live or whatever. Um, will also they'll either pay the, the two I've heard of is they'll pay for time played or they'll pay for number of times booted, which oh. also doesn't help shorter games. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but it could it could also explain seasonal content. Yeah, you know? it's like yeah. hey, you need to do your dailies three days out of this season to get your stuff. It's like all right, they're gonna boot this thing up at least three times. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter how much time they spend in there, they're cashing that in. But but I, I think this is will be a problem in the long term yeah. because. If people are used to pay like uh, 20 or 10 for one or two uh, subscription, when we when indie games will say, okay, we are, you have to pay the same amount of time for on uh, the same amount of money for only one game, yeah. which is uh, five hours longer, people will say no. Mm -hmm. And I think this is this really worries me because I I don't want. Uh, the game industry to only become uh, like long game subscription games like uh, obvious time hooks, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to see uh, game as service everywhere because we don't need this and we are in a good position right now on gaming the the offer is really big there is games for everyone and I'm really scared that the, the subscription things will will be will maybe make uh, 
I think I think one of the one of the things the criticisms that get leveled on the gaming industry uh, the most that I hear is that it is following other industries, yeah. uh, specifically TV and movies. Mm. And I think this this model is the same thing. Somebody said, "I want to be the Netflix of games," yeah, yeah. and so I'm going to pay my people like Netflix. And mm. you know, I, I I wish I had a better solution. I was going to ask you guys if you could think of one, but if obviously you know you pay for how many times somebody watches a show, that makes sense. They're watching the show. How long they've spent, probably a little less sense, but you know, still, you make a long series, that's your thing. Um, and since we know that the way developers are paid is going to affect the way they make games, yeah. how do you think a subscription model can can work for developers in a way that would make sense for their game? I think I think this will work only for one type of games, like uh, roguelike, MMORPG, multiplayer games, yeah. but all other games will suffer from this, I, I'm sure. So a positive outlook. <laughs> I think really, it, yeah. I mean, there's, there's. I think no elegant way to do it. Yeah. Uh, probably, you know, you, you just take the games that the person has played during that month, or whatever. You do it like a, like a shared split of like. What about thirty percent uh, of their time was spent playing game A? So thirty percent of you know whatever allocation uh, goes to the after that game, something like that. Which again, you know, is. Yeah. One of the things I heard uh, as a suggestion um, on the interwebs was to offer bonuses for reviews. Ah, yeah. Ask Obsidian about that one. Yeah, my boys. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I mean, Marcel's alluding to, for for those that don't know, um, it was New Vegas where uh, they were offered a a bonus. Yeah. Have you heard about this, Matt? Sorry, you just woken me up. Yeah, wake up, Matt. Uh, they offered Obsidian a bonus uh, bonus paycheck if they hit 85% aggregate reviews yeah. for their game. They got this like, what, crazy. 83, 84? 84. Yeah. It was 84. One, one point short of like, was it like 1.2 1. Yeah. 2 million yeah. bonus? No money for you. <laughs> My answer to your question is, harking back to an earlier episode about the uh, about um, Gamescom and stuff. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? Yeah. Um, I think it was called really, Gamescon. My answer to that question is the same as the answer to this question is that I would have a bit like with Netflix and things there are other channels for particular types of ah, content so indie channel. like movie or whatever for like um, art house films mm-hmm. and it would be really cool if for example like an aspiring kind of um, hipsterish type person wants yeah. to sign up to uh, like indie cool indie games yeah, channel right. and it's like just that kind of those kind of games and you know that Surface is, is going to offer quality games that have been curated, the mm-hmm. catalogue is curated for that type of audience. I think that would work really well. So you, yeah, I mean, you, could, also, you could also work that into your payment thing didn't, too. Didn't the movie thing that tried that go bankrupt? Movie? No, I think they're still going. <laughs> Somebody very famously tried to do it, like it had a very select thing and then they went belly up. Yeah. I mean, also the problem is like... Uh, so on the one hand, you agree, but I mean, there, again, there's no but perfect solution. But Netflix has categories I think the only as well. perfect solution would be if every game was a loose shooter. Yeah. But short of that, perfect <laughs> world. With three battle passes. <laughs> Stack them up. Yeah, was like, you know, like the battle pass and Destiny, what, also what I like about, like, in that, in, is, is the, the, what I said, you know, like, it, it offers you different experiences. There would a battle pass in Destiny, you just earn experience no matter what you do. You know, yeah. you make progress on battle pass. Like, you spend the time how you want, and I think that's a good thing. But uh, again, like you know, we're, we're obviously in 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 streaming TV and movies. There's a huge outcry right now that there's too many services. Sure. 
um, I think very quickly when you get like into all like the niche specialist things, you're gonna get that feeling as well. But again, you know, in that, in that case, then it's gonna be complaints about something. So whatever the Netflix equivalent is, then has a responsibility that we can't. You can't ask them to do it, but they have a responsibility if they're very large to offer lots of content, even if it's not financially the most important thing for them to have a whole load of these uh, games. That yeah, it makes sense to, to have a diversified library. Yes. Yeah. And Net- if they don't do that, then I really see that as a problem. I mean, I can also see, like, if you if you, if you you sign on to Netflix, it does have categories, you know, international movies, whatever, top, you know, blockbuster hits and all that stuff. Top blockbuster hits. Top blockbuster hits, not bullshit blockbuster <laughs> hits. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is, like, you can... I, I, I would be more inclined to, to buy a, a subscription service to one of these things if I knew that there was, like, a... All right, we, we are also um, giving payouts to developers categorically. So like you're not going to hit most played, you're not going to hit maybe even popular, but you might hit most popular indie this month. You know, yeah. you might hit most popular short experience. Hmm. You know, get get people to play those games, surface them a little bit more because I mean that's the other trade out. They're exposing them to an audience that they might not normally get. I want to go back to the, the subject of today a little bit more. Okay. About the the um, I'm not saying that wasn't related, I'm, but I yeah I feel like good segment. about those really long. Uh, games right i think if you want to do a really ambitious game that's very long i feel like there is a way of doing it and it is to constantly shift the fundamental rules of the game uh all the way through because that for me is the problem is that often with these especially with like big open world games the rules of the game are the same throughout and they don't change but if you imagine a game in which the rules shift as you go. It's actually Undertale is one exactly mm. one of those games. Yeah, right, it's yeah. faster than you can think of it. Mm. The, the rules of the game are shifting, and you're being messed around with. Yeah, yeah, right. That kind of idea. A oh, portal does it really well, actually. Mm. Um, shifting the rules of the game and making it so like you're always being escalated to something. Has anyone recommended what the golf to you yet? Uh, no. I have, and I'm going to remember that when you what tell me how, how amazing uh, it is. Yeah, I, I hate that. Okay. <laughs> I might like it. <laughs> what, that that game or that idea? For example, like very often games, there's that one thing you know, like um, like the entire game, it, it teaches you, hey, you have these cool abilities or something. Then there's a boss fight or whatever, like your powers are taken away or something. It's like, oh, all the rules are suddenly gone. You know, this is completely different now from the rest. Yeah, of the game. but I mean, there's more elegant ways stuff. to do that. Exactly. Like poorly yeah, implemented, I agree with you. Poorly implemented, yeah, it sucks. Uh, the the... And I wouldn't agree that Portal does that. I think like Portal expands the rules, yes, but, but never changes. That's really kind of the same thing that I'm talking about. So you're you're right. It doesn't change. It doesn't change the core rule set, but it, it uses them in ways that are really surprising. And that's and and okay. So that's that's enough for me. But I also think it's possible to kind of go further than that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a difference. I think uh, what Portal does ver- very well is it, it establishes a rule set fairly early on. And then it finds interesting ways to change things up, but within that rule set, I don't think it ever changes the rule set. I think I think there's the, the and I think that that is a crucial thing. Like like with a game, like if you you know it's it's great when you find creative ways to you know stretch the rule set or expand, build upon it. But I hate it when a game has a clearly established like a hard rule switch. Set. And then, yeah, in the heart switch. And it's yeah. like, oh, suddenly everything is different. Like, no, this, what are you doing? Like, when I see something like that, it feels like, you know, it's one of those games where, like, during development, they were not sure what kind of game they were making. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It's, it's not really what I meant. I appreciate it. Richard did not mention yeah. right now. So. Yeah, I was just going to say, because I expected a, a game, and they were like, here, let's flip it up on you. We didn't make one. 
Dude, as fuck. Sorry. Okay, yeah, next two weeks, yeah. anthem positivity. Sorry. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think Matt is right because you you don't have to through uh, through the window uh, all what you build um, from this moment. But he's right in the fact that, for example, Undertale is a good example because from the start to the finish, it's a JRPG with bullet hell gameplay. But it evolves and it tries some new things um, when you when you're playing the game, but it's not changed. It's still becoming an FPS game or a third-person game or another kind of game. But it tries to change. It tries to to propose something different every time you play. So I think the fact that you have to stick to your genre, but you have to to challenge yourself uh, for the player, for the developer who make the game. Mm-hmm. I think. You, you, you have to, to try to avoid, like we talked at the beginning, this kind of copy and paste quest, copy and paste gameplay or the same thing because for the player it, it's not fun. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. Um, it seems like there's no clear solution. No good ideas from Matt either. <laughs> Just no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think there is a clear solution. No, it's not about I, having a clear said, solution. Like, as I said, when, when, when Matt suggested like the, the, like the indie channel like cur- curated subscriptions, uh, there, there is no. And I mean, it's the same thing. Uh, we, no, as a part we, of a not, larger subscription thing, you can do that to yeah, diversify yeah, yeah, say, Game Pass. Yeah. Like, as I said, like, there, obviously, there's no, no clear cut solution or perfect solution to anything. It's like the same thing that I think all of us agree that like there's too many long games right now. But if you if you go to any uh, you know I've seen people a bitch today that the Outer Worlds is too short because mm-hmm. it has like 40, 50 hours something people are like that's too short for an RPG. So you know obviously even then it's like this maybe we're at this age group right now like of 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 being professionals yeah work and everything and we still want to fit in games there's still going to be those teenagers or younger people that we once were that are like no i want as much game time as possible out of my purchase or something so that's there's never the the perfect solution obviously so i mean we don't always have to solve the problem we can be the lighthouse that was dimly lit as the ship crashed into the rocks, okay? <laughs> Remember us when it all goes tits up. We were over here on the podcast saying it. Um, there are any lighthouses. We also have an American <laughs> listener. Can you maybe say breasts up instead of tits? I, is that a British thing? No, no. It's just like, you know, like. Bosoms your, up. Your people are easily offended. When this goes, when this goes upper body up, torso up. Very nice. I like this. <laughs> so, uh, before we come to an end, Matt, what's the. the Matt? The, uh, there isn't a question. Uh, you you guys the oh, no. That's okay. Because we've got, we got something else. Okay, then Richard has some questions from We got listener. something else. Are you going to sing the jingle like the reader question of the week or something? Would you, don't, don't take away my, my, my flim flam, all right? Okay, here comes the flim flam. First of all, I'm not going to sing a jingle. I'm going to put a jingle in here. Three, two, one, one, one. Good vibes. Feel good hits where it always feels good. And if it wasn't very good, you'll know that I just didn't spend a lot of time editing the podcast. (laughs) Excellent. All right. But anyway, we have an email question. As I promised last week, if you write an email to projectilelunchcast at gmail.com, I will read that fucking question on this podcast. (laughs) I've yet to see something that, that, that I wouldn't read, considering I've seen one question. Anyway, this week's question is comes in from Asia. Thank you very much Asia for writing. You are our question ambassador for the for the uh, the email. Okay, uh, Asia writes. Obviously I love the podcast. So straight to the questions. What are your takes on walking simulators or the rise of smaller scale narrative heavy games with limited gameplay mechanics? 
And that's what I wanted to wanted you to remember Edith. Matt, you're raising your hand. Yeah, because I just played Edith Finch, so yes. it's exactly that thing. Yeah. Um, my experience of the game, so I had it bigged up uh, by various people to me, and I obviously I love narrative games, so it was it was great fun to play. It was very short; it's two hours, so so why not? It's um, I think it's full of surprises. That's the biggest thing about it: full of story surprises, and I do have issues with it. And the issues I have with it are that um, there is a lot of stuff in there that you see in other walking simulators. Uh, the setting is quite familiar. This kind of um, out-of-bounds kind of America um, is, is quite a familiar setting to a lot of people. So I think those things you see in other walking simulators, actually. Um, also, the title is, is quite similar to um, Ethan... The other one, Ethan. What's the other one? The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Vanishing Which of Ethan the Carter. The only one what I remains of Ethan Finch? They sound kind of similar, and they've also got the same kind of rough. Okay, I'm generalising. The same kind of setting. Um, there's a lack of choice in the game that I think that could be there. I don't see why it couldn't be there, um, it, and I think that's my biggest issue with it. Um, but the, the principle of having a walking type simulator type game, I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you handle it well and that game does a really good job of it um i just think there could have been more player choice in there um, matt is in favor fantastic kevin yeah yeah i mean i'm in favor too because i think uh, this is an a niche kind of game but uh, this can propose something really interesting like um, i don't remember the game where you play a girl in first person when you enter in her house you know and you are learning the story from the thing you pick Yes. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't uh, remember the name. Uh, gone home. Yeah, gone, gone home. home. Yeah. Uh, See that? Yeah. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. But gone home is the best game all time. No. Uh, <laughs> but no. yeah, you you you're right because um, the fact that this is a working sim, these open doors in gameplay and in narrative side of things that are really interesting. So yeah, I think we need more of this game. Marcel, uh, I'm neutral. You've played. You've played Ethan Carter. Uh, I haven't finished it though. Okay. And also, that game has some limber combat towards the end, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not a, th- a genre for me. No. But um, there seems to be a lot of people who really enjoy them. So what what's what's the harm? Yeah. So cool. They, you may you may proceed making non-Marcel games, developers of the world. It's, it's, <laughs> He's blessing. given his blessing. As long as you know other people still have loots, it's okay. I, I also I also like them. I'd like to see Light Gone Home. I, I need a little bit of game in there, even if it's just like taking VHS tapes out of the sleeves and stuff like that. But yeah, give me a good story. Find me another way to tell a good story that you can't get in TVs and movies and stuff like that. So even games like uh, like um, oh, I'm totally blanking on it. Where you? Wait, sc- wait, I just remember. Didn't Matt at some point? Didn't Matt previously say that Alan Wake is walking simulator? Oh god! If so, <laughs> that feels like it. If so, then they're amazing, of course. <laughs> if Alan Wake would be one, then yes, it's a fantastic. God, game. I had to mention that game. Yeah, it is quite a quite a walk. <laughs> never, never leave this down. Okay, hold on. Now we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the second uh, second question. Um, this Matt is probably right in your in your wheelhouse. What are the challenges of creating immersive and memorable stories in RTS versus turn-based games? Um, that's that's very like close to home, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's there's lots of challenges because in an RTS game, the player is occupied with so many things all of the time that it's very hard, and also not necessarily a good thing to try and get in their face and um, distract them from what they're doing because there's a lot going on already, and so you have to try. And I think I. 
honestly, I think you need to give them opportunities to get out of uh, the actual game and um, see other things that are not part of the the um, core experience of the game uh, by pausing the game um, and making it essentially not turn-based, but just have some spaces in between these bouts of RTS stuff. Um, also, you can do a lot of visual storytelling and a lot of things with kind of just the, the, the naming of things and those kind of things I think are important components. But also, of course, if you have a bigger ambition to, to tell a, a big story or something, then I think you have to kind of separate that part out somehow um, because otherwise people won't be fully concentrating on it. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you for the insight. Uh, lastly, for our, our marketing extraordinaire, are there any status updates on Automate Clash of Dates? Well, you know, unfortunately, Matt has been busy playing very long games, so he hasn't written uh, the riveting romantic story yet. But we do have we do get a lot of slash fiction though that we can just kind of jam in here if you want. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll just have, I think we'll just have to come up with like a, a couple of compelling characters. Yeah, like chess players, like Otto and Mate. But can I also say something to what Matt just said? Of course. It was all bullshit. No, just kidding. No, I think I, it was, <laughs> Fuck it was, that guy. It was absolutely spot on. Like, I, I think what he said, like, I think like, with, with turn-based games, there's more like the natural rhythm. I mean, there's a hard-coded rhythm, right? Like, if it's not your turn, then you have a little bit of time. And I think that is when a lot of games, like, when, when, when it's the enemy's turn or something, that is when they talk to you. You know, like you have the small mm. talking hats or whatever, you know, because that, that, that there's a natural lull in, in, the, in the gameplay, whereas with, with RTS games, it's less encoded. There's like a, a more free flow rhythm, like early on, you know, you build up your base and you, you harvest resources. Maybe that is a good time to still talk to your player. And then when, when things get heavier, like, you know, when, when you start fighting, there's less time for that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, just want to say that everything that Matt said is I, I 100% agree for once. Not about the other way thing, naturally. It's, uh, it's just, a first. Just about the... Uh, we'll celebrate that. I guess uh, maybe he knows his job after all. And the, for the automate characters, can we have a, a bishop? Oh, yeah. And at least an actress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Fantastic. So these were all the questions from Asia? Those are all the questions. If you have thank a you question. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. If you have a question, you write it into projectilelunchcast at gmail.com. I threaten you that I will fucking read it on this podcast. Is that good? The way I, the way I hit what would happen if somebody would write question? And I'm just asking this yeah. hypothetically. Yeah. If somebody were to write a question like, "Why do you think Marcel is so charismatic?" Like I that. know all of your old email addresses because you put your name in all of them. <laughs> even, even this is not Marcel. Listen, gmail.com. I've gotten I've gotten too many emails from Mrs. Marcel Howard. All right, I know what's going on. Okay, okay. So yeah, people, I, we're always happy to receive emails, questions, support, uh, concerns, whatever, at projectilelunchcast at gmail.com. You can mm -hmm. also talk on Twitter to Matt at... At GoatFlip. Still flipping. Yeah, still flipping, flipping them off. Yeah. You can talk on Twitter to Richard at... Yeah, you can follow me at... It's not the size of the game, it's how you use it. That's a pretty good. That's yeah. a pretty long one. On Twitter, yeah, but that's fine. Slide Too into my slide into my DMs. Uh, okay, Alec, do you do you actually use Twitter? Account? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I think people will find me more easily by uh, typing uh, John Baptist Show because my at is uh, unpronounceable. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Do, so is there is there anything you wanted to to uh, to plug? Thank you very much for for joining us on the on the podcast. By the way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for for having me. And uh, no, it was it was really nice to. 
be there, be here on the other side of the podcast. So yeah, yeah so you can see how if, how, if you, how shabby it all is. <laughs> if you want to see uh, Kevin return in the future, let us know, and maybe the next yeah. time you're around the area, you know, we'll, we'll grab you again. And uh, friend of the podcast, we'll, we'll talk you. about why Ellen Wake uh, is fantastic. Right? <laughs> we can do. A, let's do. I agree now to do a whole episode on Alan Wake. Oh yeah, okay, nice. I can fill. I can fill that. <laughs> Nobody said you're invited. Oh, I'm, 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 I'll be outside. You'll hear me screaming from the wall outside. <laughs> Nothing on the doors. Bullshit. As always, if you want to ask why Richard is still on the show, you can do so on Twitter <laughs> at com underscore Raven, and I'll try to answer you know as candidly as possible. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, especially you, Kevin. Thank you, cool for joining us. <laughs> and yeah, we look forward to being listened to by you again next week, Thursday. Thank you so much. And honestly, I'm still shocked. How Todd Howard was betrayed. Todd Howard was betrayed. On, on Fallout first. A two. Todd Howard. Goodbye. We be old school. Yeah, old school. We be old school. Yeah, old school. Got me some roses and a little bling. I knocked on her door, she said, what you waiting for? I